Welcome to the Ether. Today is Friday, December 30th, 2022. Today on the Ether, Achepe Space, Crypto Technicals. Let's take a listen. The little hold music here is very funny. <laughs> what are you guys up to? Girls, you still at work or what? Oh, you're off today, maybe, huh? You said you took Fridays off. Hey, what's up? Yeah, you off work today or what? No, I worked this morning because uh, I didn't work Monday, so I added on today. It's kind of a busy. Oh, okay. Yeah. What are you doing? Not too much. Um, I have like a little extra work this week because my one of my um, NPs, her dad had a brain bleed, so she was out of work. And then one of the guys was out because of COVID. Um, and then one of them was, and then another was out just from flu or something. So it's like I had to do all the work myself yesterday, but today is a little bit better. That sucks when your NPs out. I know that I I can feel that too. Uh, I have two. Well, especially though. when you have, especially when you have, especially when you have three. Usually, right? <laughs> like, yeah, that is definitely that definitely sucks. Yeah, you got to do a lot more work than uh, writing a bunch more notes and stuff, putting in all the orders yourself. Yeah, my yeah, I've got a. I had two partners. One of them um, moved. He left town, and then one of them is on vacation in. Oh, Peru or some shit. So like, and then like perfect storm of everyone else getting sick except me is kind of, (laughs) it's been the last couple of days. So it's been a little bit busier. So you said you have two other partners. There's three of you. I used to. Yeah. One, one left town and then, um, I have, I have another, so it's just two of us now. Okay. Wow. That's a lot of work. Then usually we have, we have several NPs doing different things and I've got residents and stuff. So it's usually right. Yeah, but it's it's just a little bit busier. It's fine though; it'll be all right. <laughs> cool, you survive. Yeah. Did I you get sure. the woodpecker situation figured out? Oh hell no! It comes back periodically. Um, mm. <laughs> most of the time, it's fine. What you up to, uh, John? You're ringing like bells and shit over there. What's going on, John? You there? <laughs> We got an ape. Oh yeah, he's going like. That's what happens when the price of Solana goes down. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, you buying anything yet, or just uh, keeping an eye on things? Me, I bought some Adam the other day, um, mm-hmm. and a little bit of Luna. I've just been kind of sporadically um, adding some here and there. That's pretty much it right now, though. Yeah. yeah. I last got Adam at like 860 or something. Jeez, you always time that shit out well. So, <laughs> well, uh, well, under nine bucks looked, looked pretty feasible anyway. But um, right. I think my average is sitting right around 10. So it's not like I'm, um, 
uh, I'm not super low at the moment, so I I can't I, I don't want to go crazy with it. Um, I bought a big chunk at like nine bucks because I wanted to make sure Lunkdow's validator stayed high enough. Oh, I I think some that too with them too. Yeah, uh, so I bought like I bought like <laughs> like about like thirty grand worth uh, of Adam like at nine dollars or like sub nine dollars just to kind of push it up a bit. Um, <laughs> so I got a sizable chunk. Uh, I I put a big chunk in about twenty grand too and put it in there too. I, about the yeah. same time as you were tweeting about it, I did it just to make sure too. All yeah, yeah. so so I think that it's the uh, Lunkdow's uh, uh, Adam validator looks fine now for the moment. Right. Oh, hey Bruce. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's okay for the moment. So, <clears throat> but at the same time, I was wanting to make sure, like, you know, I could really. <laughs> go in really really heavy if adam kept slipping down to like five six bucks or something right i i missed i missed buying a big chunk i didn't have enough cash on hand i had it like it wasn't my cash wasn't free to go buy that last dump earlier this year right uh i think it was all the way down to like six bucks for adam. yeah so that was that was a good spot and i think there's a good chance in any kind of bear market it's it's like there's a good chance for a double bottom so I wanted to leave plenty of cash behind for that. And if I miss out on that, like that doesn't work out, then there's no need to kind of um, like, it, it, let's say it doesn't go down that low. There's no need to chase really because there's going to be other opportunities. Right. So I'm just marking the whole market for, I'm just writing down like, and flagging every stock I can, every um, like text thing that I understand at <laughs> any crypto or whatever. I'm just tagging things with certain price targets where things alarm. And then uh, I just automatically buy it as soon as an alarm hits. Don't think about it. Don't worry about it. Just simply buy shit. And that's the idea. And then have enough cash, of course, to buy a little bit of everything. That's the plan. Is that based on some of those volume charts that you, that past volume where people have purchased it, like those charts that you send out? Is that where, how you set your alerts? That's one of them. Yeah. So uh, if I have no other, like if I'm not sure based on any other metric, like, um, like, I mean, you know, I don't know what something should be worth, which is generally the case. Um, then though, if there's a really big gap in volume somewhere, um, yeah. then that's a place that's a good possibility. Um, you know, anytime there's like a volume hold, there's not much like uh, buying and selling that's happened at that price level. It can, things can fall through fairly easily there. Um, okay. so like, uh, I don't know, like a fair amount of tech stocks have like this huge volume hole. Um, right. I guess there was a big pump one year. I don't remember when 2018 or some shit, everything just went parabolic. And, uh, now we're in the other direction, reverse parabolic. So I'm like, right. all right, where can I buy some? Like, I mean, Intel is literally down at dot com crash level prices. Right wow, now, which is which is crazy. So is now crazy. remember, Intel has a, a yield though; they have a dividend yield. I don't remember, it's like four percent or whatever. So they're not priced to be a growth stock anyway. But to be back to like 2010, 2008 prices—that's crazy. That is so, that is wild. So. Apple's looking like it. it you were, I, I saw your tweet the other day, saying it's, it's looking like it might be a good time to start buying some Apple. Yeah, I got I uh, I got a little bit of Apple at like one thirty something. I got mm -hmm. more at 127. So I think my average is like 129 or something. Mm, and then uh, I think uh, Apple, though, if it crashes, everything crashes. 
right um, the whole the whole like nasdaq will just be fucked <laughs> so like the uh, yeah. it's at support levels now so if it goes and drops back down to like 100 bucks like bitcoin everything will bleed i bet so okay. um apple's like the canary in the coal mine so what like it's the gold standard in my view as far as like one of the best companies in the world best managed best everything so from a pe perspective like it it could go down to 15 still and it's still at 22 it's done it before like um I used to be delusional about Apple that, oh, it can't go down that much, blah, 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 right? And then I've lived through it going down a lot, you know, in the past. So, you know, I, I'm like, all right, if if I'm going to start buying Apple, I'm going to plan for like price to earnings ratio of 15, uh, which, you know, is, is probably like what, like 100 to $110 Apple. So I have that, okay. I have that bookmarked. And then I think the dividend yield at that level would be 1% to, uh, which, you know, gets to be an acceptable level in a sense. Mm-hmm. So I think that's also a way to tell like when, when you're almost there, but anyway, so yeah, Apple, I think, yeah, bookmark, like market at like one ten or something, set an alarm for yourself and like start getting in around that time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But cool. uh, yeah, there's like right now it's like one of, so there was a, someone that posted a chart um, where they compared like all of the stock market bear markets in the last like, you know, since World War II or some shit, which is a pretty cool chart. And it gives you an idea of like where we are relative to, um, like relative to, I guess, uh, like other, other bear markets or whatever. And another guy like, uh, what's his name? TMC, TCMC or something like that. The guy, the tech TXMC, he's a guy that posts a lot on like, I don't know, just financial analysis and shit like this. And he, he kind of was looking at how far into a recession does the market usually bottom like like what percentage of the time into the market and the number was like 80 percent into a recession is when it, it actually bottoms and so like technically like if we're in a recession now it's just started so even if you took the average length of a recession let's say you, you know called it like a few years like your bottom for the market may not be like it may be another year away right like yeah you don't even like know what 2024 yeah, it could like be that. 2024. Exactly. So we have like, there is an extended period of time. Like this is really the time where like on IRAs and, you know, whatever work money you have, whatever, this is the time like you keep working and DCAing into, into the market while it's going down. And it's already dropped substantial enough to where the downside risk is relatively nominal comparatively, right? Like if you're down, like I don't know, 70% and 60% on some tech stocks. That's pretty good. Um, yeah. You know, so like it could go down further, but like as long as you're buying throughout that time, you're catching those bottoms and uh, making use of that. But um, yeah, and I don't know if like there's some narrative that shows up where like crypto counter trades the rest of the market, or maybe we have like a like a bear market, you know, rally or something if people feel like, well, you know, like if, if stocks have nowhere to go, but down and, you know, maybe people will re-enter the speculative crypto space or something like that. And, and, you know, who knows, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. But yeah, like some of the coins have are actually leveling out and some are not like, for example, Bitcoin, both right. the 50 day and 200 day moving average is like a 45 degree angle or something down. Doesn't look so good. Um, so even to flatten out, it's going to take Bitcoin, like, you know, cause it hasn't even started yet. It would have to take like, I don't know, maybe a year or something. Right. Cause then you're already past 2023 and 2024 and that's like happening and everything. 
So, and then even then, like post happening, sometimes it takes six to nine months before there's a, the rally actually begins. It's not immediately after the happening. So you're talking about like late 2024 at that point. So, but if you look at Adam, you look at um, like oddly Dogecoin, which is, which is funny. Um, yeah. They have maintained and are flattening out on 200 day moving averages. So I would suspect like all you have to do is screen every coin. And if the 200 day moving average is like starting to flatten out, then you're probably close to bottom and you might see rallies in those coins before you see everything else go up. And historically too, like Dogecoin has interestingly led the market as an example. So it, maybe it's like a feat, it's a sign that retails back and fucking around or something. I don't know what it is, but, um, but as stupid as, as stupid as Dogecoin is, it's like, it's a weird, like canary in the coal mine. It's kind of like a bellwether of things to come. Uh, hmm. maybe like a gauge of retail sentiment or whatever but yeah. you see almost you don't, you don't see almost anybody posting about crypto at all right now like like nobody's like everyone's either broke or just waiting or they're afraid yeah, to say something because their buddy's going to buy some shit and get wrecked or something like you know that kind of behavior is going on right now pretty uh, pretty yeah it's pretty dead isn't it yeah pretty dead bruce you there like i don't know if you're uh there in the background working or whatever yeah Oh, there you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. What is your advice to the people? Buy lots of lunk. Um, I'm just eating chicken. The, what have you looked into Astroport at all, Sophie? And what do you think of it? Um, besides what I had staked with Astroport. Uh, like whatever Astra I had. And I think I, I took some of my Luna along the way when it was like, I don't know. I think Luna was like so, above $2 or something. And I bought Astroport tokens that staked it. I've just sort of left it there. I haven't even paid attention. Why is there something you think that like, mm, that's where the opportunity is like in the LPs or something or what? Uh, just the, the general expansion taking over the cosmos and all the ways that osmosis seems to suck is quite interesting. Um, a lot of a lot of quite smart people who I know are saying get some astro now, but I don't know what the the uh, the timeline is. Yeah, I don't, I don't even remember what the precise like uh, token distribution of astro is too. I don't recall how much is held by the team or this and that. Um, yeah, we'd have to like dig into it again and find out what's going on with it. I'm not sure. I haven't bought any recently. Um, maybe I should. Yeah. It's also hard to say like what there's all sorts of stuff to save money for too. It's like, um, so it, it really is hard to tell how much of to get of each thing, even if like something's interesting, like how aggressive to be with it is another question mark. Right. I'm not really sure. Yep. Cause like right now, if you think of Adam at a, not 19 to 20% inflationary yield. It's like a money printer pretty much. Like, you know, it's like assuming that, uh, like assuming that you either kept your atom, uh, so that you don't, it's a, your, your value doesn't get inflated away or you use your atom yield for like your daily expenses. Like a hundred K of atom is like 20 K a year worth of output. Right. So it's a pretty substantial amount. Um, so what you're risking when you get other things is really like something with a, um, 
I don't know. Like there's, there's kind of a, a semi certainty with Adam in my mind that I don't have with a lot of other things. And if I'm going to buy like Astroport or whatever, mm-hmm. the, the question is how much to get and how aggressive to be versus the opportunity cost of something that has like a, you know, because there's not enough, I guess it's because there's less stakers or something. I'm not sure what the math is on Adam, but like um, the yield's been super high. When I first got Adam, the yield was like 10, it was like maybe 9% um, inflationary yield. And now it's running like 19 to 20 uh, for those that stake. I th- and, it, and it seemed like it jumped when like one of the validators undelegated a bunch for some reason. I don't know if it's ICS or something. They undelegated. Um, and as a result, like the, the, um, the staking yield jumped like one or 2%. And then of course that proposition passed, I think to like, what is it to increase the community pool tax or something. Right. So then it dropped again a little bit, but it's still like 19, 20%, which is, you know, like you think of it, think of inflationary how yield, however you want, but as long as the price maintains and the inflationary yield stays where it is, you're still doing pretty good. Like if you compare to like, I don't know, compare Adam at the bottom in 2020 to Bitcoin. And the fact that even though Adam has like a 10 to 20% inflationary yield, he was able to stay at a higher multiple than BTC from the bottom. That's kind of interesting, right? Like normally you'd think inflationary tokens would be fucked, but like, I don't know, somehow or another Adam is maintained despite all that shit. Not sure. So to me, it's like right now in the cosmos, it's still kind of a gold standard token. Um, and, uh, I kind of like, uh, if I'm thinking of what I want to buy, I'm thinking along the lines of, wait, if I buy something else, I'm buying less Adam. Is that what I want to do right now? It sort of seems to be my comparison standard for the moment, at least. Price is probably maintained due to your expert shilling. Could be, could be. That's, that's another important thing too. Like if the community, whoever that is, whether it's me or anybody, like if there's there's people out there willing to talk about it that's in a way a good enough reason to buy it right like because like yeah if you look at the market in general it's like um this viral marketing is like a big part of crypto in general and if you don't see that happening you should be even more concerned in many ways um so yeah you know, what, what is the relationship to whatever shilling we do for maintaining price i don't know but i i i do believe that like um, crypto benefits as opposed to TradFi from network participants who are like by definition, like shillers in a sense, because the moment you own it, you're like, you want to tell your friends and family about it, or you want to like, you know, you want to ask companies to list it so you can use it or whatever it is. So that viral networking is a big part of what's attractive about crypto versus stocks or something like, like that. So I don't know, the Schiller network or whatever the fuck you want to call it is, I think, vital almost like the so-called community. Well, it, it seems the market caps are smaller, so it makes a bigger impact, I think, on the price. It's just uh, more people you can get involved with it, buying and such. But yeah, people tend to have much more of a sense of ownership versus owning a crypto versus stock, I would say. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a more tribal thing and or whatever it is. And, and I think Adam's market cap is in the 2 to $3 billion range now, which is um, still relatively high if you think about it. Like, uh, you know, it, it's hard to tell. It's hard to compare market caps of like a stock, for example, and a crypto. But if you can imagine, okay, so let's say Adam has a $3 billion market cap. 
What does it do? And is it worth $3 billion compared to say, I don't know, like Intel at a hundred billion dollar market cap or something like that. So yeah, it's only like one thirtieth the, the, the value, but does it do one thirtieth of the amount of shit that like, I don't know, Intel does with all the chips in the world on PCs? Probably not. So like from a utility perspective, um, I, that's always the funny thing too. Like do, to judging crypto based on utility always ends up showing that they're overvalued. Like I don't care if it's Solana or Avalanche or whoever, like the smart contract platform things, if you judge based on utility, it's like way overvalued. And then nobody knows exactly how to, you know, correctly value these things from a speculative multiple. Um, and, you know, speculative multiple is kind of like, um, you know, it, you know, in, in uh, stocks and such, you have like price to earnings ratio, for example, we talked about that, like, you know, if your PDE ratio for Tesla is 1500, which is what it was when Tesla at its peak, it's clearly way overvalued and it's going to get fucked over even with this, like a slightest hiccup, right? In, in, in so-called news or meme, meme, memification or whatever. And that's exactly what happened to Tesla. Like it crashed into crash and burn from its highs big time, just like crypto does. So like the, but with crypto, like there's always downside because the utility is not where and the revenue or whatever is not where that value can be obtained. It's more like Metcalf's law network effects and all these other nebulous shit that like, it's impossible to like, it's impossible to really uh, quantify all of that from a valuation standpoint. Um, so yeah, like to me, the meme effect of us, of a, of a crypto is a, like, I, I, I didn't believe this as much maybe before the Dogecoin people proved it. I knew there was a meme effect to Bitcoin all along because like I was one of those people, you know, spreading Bitcoin memes for like forever. <laughs> so like I know that had an effect. Um, I know that brought in lots of users over many years. But um, after like what the Dogecoin people did for 2020 um, and the meme effect of that and even some of the meme effects of crazy shit like SafeMoon or Binance Smart Coin chains and all that, um, there's no question that like you don't want a chain that doesn't have some sort of shill cartel because then you have to pay for the advertising somehow like like using i don't know some some you know the propositions right lately were things like hey let's use our community pools for like youtube videos or some hey, shit Sophie. like that yeah um hi, yeah. hi how are you doing Sefi? just uh while you're talking about marketing you know what's kind of interesting while you're mentioning it about adam it's basically you're talking all the time about adam and going into depth and explaining things to people what, what you're really doing is you you're basically a pr department to the whole chain to the whole cosmos right so which in the yeah kind of yeah which in a way is kind of good because um it's completely different to all the other marketing concepts that are out there but because you're not really selling something you're just informing clients right and whatever you call it like influencers or shills like uh, you know you have this uh, these different like uh, out of home concepts like like FTX puts a, their logo on a on a football stadium or something stupid like that right or, or people spend yeah. like a ton of money to and the other problem is if you shill some security you have a real legal problem especially if you're a US citizen right they they're coming after these guys you know if if they have proof they're going to sue you you know and you're going to go to prison or pay a hefty fine or whatnot right so it's not that kind of funny thing to do i mean you're anon but still you know 
I mean, you're not to the FBI, right? I mean, <laughs> they they know where who you are. So yeah, so and I think I think if you're so what um, I mean, what you're doing is basically is the way you makes the the way you promote things. Yeah, it makes a it's difference. It's very good but, for the chain because you're honest and sincere, and people honor that, especially in a in a situation like the situation we're facing. Even Bruce, you know, when he's talking to people, look, these are thieves. They are stealing from the community. You know, um, I I think this is actually quite kind of good. I mean. He's taking it on a funny way, but he's really making a point there, and that brings back um, trust, you know. And it's basically always about trust. Even when we talk about trustlessness and whatnot, but you still have to believe in something, right? You have to trust the project and yourself to actually invest your hard-earned money into something where you actually believe this is a better way than what our governments are doing with the fiat monies, right? I mean, that's in the end of the day where I'm here, basically, because I see this not working out very well. So, but uh, kudos to you, you know, it's a good job what you're doing there. Well, yeah, you know, to some extent, like, so since I at like my normal function in life is partly teaching people things, um, to me, that comes a bit naturally. Um, like, let's say, for example, a new, um, I don't know, medical product comes out uh, and you know, I may not own stock in that or something like that, right? But I have to learn it. I have to teach students about it. They have to learn how to use it. They have to kind of like assess the different biases of how, you know, you know, maybe what the drug company says it does versus what the literature says it does versus, you know, and, and all of that, right? So that's a, that's a constant sort of process that I do all my life and have been doing forever. So, you know, I, I just sort of do the same thing when I look at, um, any kind of like technical uh, product or company or something like that, try to use that same lens in, in a way uh, that, you know, you ha it takes quite a bit of honing. You can, it doesn't mean you're going to be wrong or right all the time. It, it, you can definitely be wrong about a lot of things, especially like price action or utility or problems that could happen or whatever. So to me, it's a foregone conclusion with tech things, for example, something bad could happen. So say, take, for example, the Luna crash um, or something like that. Like when I get involved with something like that, um, I know something bad could happen. There's some non-zero chance that calamity could occur, right? And I don't always know exactly what that probability is, but I definitely look at all these things through that lens at some level or the other. Um, and at the same time, it's like, I also have a tendency to like look at, like look at healthcare, for example, and go, wait a minute, like, what invention would have to come out to dramatically have a paradigm shift in the job that I do on a daily basis? And, you know, what, what would be the studies that would have to be performed yeah, to I mean, dramatically change the workflow? The way to do proper scientific yeah. research, right? I mean, that's basically what it all yeah. comes down to. And, and most, I mean, and I, if it's almost like there's a lot of people, I just want to say that there's a lot of people out there that just say, oh, this is good. And this is doing this and that. And there's never anything negative. And if I don't hear people talking about the downsides, in any communication about anything new, you know, I just, <laughs> I don't trust it just by definition because it's bull, you know, there's always something negative to everything. Right. That's the other thing too, is like, even um, there, there's a lot of normal FUD, right? Fear, uncertainty, doubt, and things that could go wrong. That's all fine. Um, the tricky thing about both optimism and FUD um, is neither of those things do you have a perfect understanding of the probability of which one's going to be more important. So you never really know. Um, uh, take, for example, we were just talking about Intel chips a little while ago. 
Um, and the fact that like Intel's price is down to like dot-com crash levels at 2010. I mean, sorry, 2000 level dot-com bubble crash, like really, really low. And does that mean that like Intel, if I bought the stock now that it's going to be fine? Not necessarily. Like, how do you know? Like maybe at some point in the future, Intel ceases to be a company or maybe they're never profitable or something, or maybe a paradigm shift happens and let's say, you know, the big new thing is like neural network right. chips and they're they not advanced enough or right? something, right? What's the yield? I mean, that's basically what... I think they're about 4%, I think. There. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're part of the reason why their price doesn't go up as much too. Yes, it's a growth stock and it, it sort of, it has a dividend yield as opposed to stock buybacks and things. So it, it's not really a growth stock anymore. It's more of a blue chip. That's part of the reason it doesn't go up as much. But anyway, yeah, there's the technical, uh, the technical analysis reasons why it may not go up, but also just the fact that even a company as big as Intel, is it impossible to fail? No, which is why like you shouldn't like throw all your money into just Intel, for example, like um, it could fail. It could fail to deliver on so many different levels if a massive like technical paradigm shift happens and they're not on board for that, right? That's happened many times in human history, actually, uh, where companies that you thought were going to be around forever were not. Um, like the, 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 <laughs> some of the notable examples in my lifetime, a big one was Nokia. That was one of those like, what the fuck moments? Like, you know what I mean? Like Nokia's price was, stock price um, was riding high and they had like something like 95% of the, the cell phone market at the time and they had first mover advantage. And I, I really regretted not having bought Nokia stock around that time. And um, I'm glad that I never did. I never, like, you know, I felt like I was lazy actually, or something. I didn't, I never when you mentioned Nokia, you know, it's actually kind of crazy to me because when I was a student in Munich, I actually worked at Epcos, which is the daughter of Siemens, and they made the parts that Nokia actually, the, they're called surface wave filters, they're basically high-frequency parts, and Nokia was the biggest client. So they send every month like a couple of million of these parts to Nokia, right? Really big business. And the whole factory was basically the half of the output was going to Nokia. And a couple of years later, <laughs> you know, they're back to making boots. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very interesting how fast that went down. Yeah, it's like and crazy. how you know? rapid. <laughs> you see? Yeah, no, if you, if, no, if you were, if any of you guys who are, who are around during that time when like Nokia was the dominant smartphone or whatever, and we're talking about like early 2000s and think, you know, that time frame. And like, if you would have imagined the euphoria around Nokia um, and you, you would have said to yourself, or, or for that matter, like when BlackBerry came out, I remember thinking how stupid BlackBerry was and there's no way that's going to last very long. Like it, you know, the, the premium for a fucking keyboard on a phone um, and how much like popularity that was, that was a whole nother interesting paradigm. And, um, and people made fun of Steve Jobs and everybody else. Like when iPhone came out, they're like, who the hell is going to use that? Like, what do you mean touching a screen? Like, how's that going to replace, a, you know, that's never going to replace a keyboard, et cetera, et cetera. And it only took a few years. And the paradigm shift was gargantuan after that. Like, I mean, the rest is history. Like within five years, like between 2007 and 2012, um, like our lives literally changed really, really quickly. And we didn't really pay attention. We didn't pay attention to it either. Like, oh, yeah, just a. Okay, I think I bought iPhone first at like the third generation. As, even as an Apple stockholder, I didn't buy the first two generations. <laughs> and I bought the third, the third um, generation, I think. iPhone 3, I believe, was the first one I got. And um, I, like, even at that time, just, it was just such a paradigm shift in terms of how we started doing work. 
and then apps just exploded, including things for like medical and just everything. And um, like by the time we were at like 2012, we were fully like codependent with our um, iPhone. And I think by 2015 was when it was like, okay, there's no turning back. Like your life was irrevocably changed by the thing. And there's no way in the world you're going to live a life without a smartphone type of deal. And it was a relatively short period of time between like when Nokia was a thing and when it went to zero, essentially. And um, that, uh, and l- luckily, I was not in that stock at the time. I didn't get wrecked by oh, it's it. It's just amazing. But I remember feeling, I, I, I remember feeling the regret of not having enough Nokia stock. Right. And, and luckily, I didn't buy any. <laughs> yeah, it's just amazing how wrong people can be, you know. I mean, today I heard, uh, listened to a, a podcast, and I think it was an Oak Tree or something, a big fund in the U.S., and the guys talking, and they reduced their meta exposure. I mean, it dropped a lot and whatnot. They were talking about Netflix, and, and they, they have a decent bunch in this and that, right? And they talk about meta, we're talking about meta, and they would say, yeah, we had a meeting with the board. You normally don't hear these things, right? So unless someone... Like this guy talks and he said, yeah, and they were talking, they, they invested a lot of money into AI and we don't see it. We don't buy it. And and when I heard that, I was like, hey, you idiots, you know, is, do they really invest a lot in AI? I don't know. You know, I haven't seen that from Meta, but they were actually actively searching and talking well, to, Meta, to the managers. Facebook and that guy has. just said that, you know, and we reduced because we don't believe in AI and whatnot. And we just reduced our exposure in Meta. And I was like, okay, maybe I have to reconsider <laughs> Facebook, right? <laughs> Facebook, Facebook has a lot of um, algorithmic and machine learning components in the background in their business model, um, both for serving ads for both Facebook and Instagram, as well as for, um, mm, it's not the type of AI like a chat GPT where you're sitting and interacting with it, but from the, for their core business, which is selling advertising, they have quite a bit of machine learning in the background doing serving you up shit all the time. I think part of it is defining like what actual AI is. And if you talk about just complex algorithms being types of uh, focused artificial intelligence, in a sense, um, Facebook has been a big pioneer in that historically. Now, does that mean that they might be left behind by much larger neural networks and um, you know, something different happens. It's certainly possible, but Meta's one where, like, yeah, it. Judging by where its P to E ratio is, um, it's not too bad of a buy now. Like, I think I'm going to buy some Meta. Just like, I don't. I, I historically have not owned Facebook. Uh, it's one of the funniest jokes, actually. Like, had I bought Facebook when my wife told me to, which is basically the IPO and the dump after the IPO. Um, you know, like if I would have bought how much she said to buy of it, I'd, I'd probably be worth like, that's probably another like $50 million worth. I, <laughs> my wife was right. And I was wrong big time on that one. And, um, it would have been a lot worth of gains, um, with a relatively small amount of input. And, uh, and it was because my wife was using Facebook at the time before the IPO and I wasn't. So I was like, who the fuck's going to use this thing? It's like another MySpace. You know, I had that kind of naysayer attitude, which was very, very wrong. So I was like wrong about Nokia and then I was wrong about Facebook. <laughs> so it's like, and then I was wrong about Tesla. She told me to buy Tesla at the IPO. And I'm like, I don't know, Elon Musk. I don't know. He seems like kind of a grifter. I'm not really sure, <laughs> like, you know? And uh, so I didn't buy any Tesla either at the time, which is funny. Um, but yeah, it's easy to be wrong on these tech things. Um, but I don't know. Meta, I think they have a sufficient enough size of network that 
it's probably not a good idea to fade them completely, which is why I think I'm going to throw some money at some meta stock. Um, I, I think it's dropped low enough where it's like it's PDEs less than like 10, I think. And it's probably worth buying it. Um, not financial advice or whatever, but like I might gamble a little bit of small amount of money on it. Uh, Wabi, what's up, man? What's going on, bro? What's going on, Seffi? What's going on, not, coach? Not, not much. Your, your voice is your voice is kind of cutting in and out, man. You might need to get a good signal. Am I somewhere. good? Am I good? Can maybe, you hear me now? maybe climb on a mountain um, or something. <laughs> I'm back now. Um, yeah, Wabi, can you can you, coach? Can you hear me, Seffi? Yeah, you you're good me? now. You're good okay, now. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I'm good now. Yeah, man. What are you buying, you want... man? You buy any? You buy any crypto this week? No, sir. What is your plan? For what? Mm, uh, just your buying plan. Like you buying anything ever or what? Like what's your thing? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, so I'm I'm predominantly like, you know, more of a macroeconomics guy. Uh, so I'm waiting for critical levels to be tested on the indices. I'm waiting for uh, the Nasdaq to hit 8,500 uh, before I start scaling in anything uh, significant. Um, you know, now with what's uh, the Nasdaq at now? By the way, it's at it's at 10.3, 10.4. Uh, so you think another twenty five percent drop from here, approximately. Yeah, the typical it's like a typical uh, tech retracement for 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 bear markets, fifty percent, sixty percent. But uh, I'm going to be conservative and just go right right around like forty five percent ish. Yeah, there. I think I'm right. So, I think I'm right where you are. I believe I set all my alarms for most tech stocks at about twenty yeah. percent lower than there where they are now. Dude, that's like, about right. Like Tesla. Tesla is like, you know, that's, that's, that, that's sort of like how Netflix was, where it was just shitting the bed constantly. Um, and so it had that nasty mean reversion. So I'm not really looking at that. The next thing that I'm looking at, um, yeah, is that, that is, I'm less interested in my wife is hung up on it. Yeah. She's off that I didn't yeah. buy it at the IPO. So she's like, Hey, look, it's down now that she's, she's like emotionally attached to the idea of buying Tesla. And I'm like, well, yeah. I want to see its price earnings ratio be like 15 before I go jump into it. And that's still 50% yeah. lower than it is now. Like, so like, I, I, I do think that like at the start of the year, um, we'll likely have like a mini rally, uh, especially for tech. Um, but ultimately like, I do think Apple, um, is going to put in a yearly a yearly top within the first like two to three weeks of the year, and then go on to hit uh, like ninety dollars, eighty five bucks, something along that line, and then I'll feel more comfortable, right? I don't really feel comfortable um, buying any altcoins at the moment because um, one thing we do have to keep in mind is that like with Bitcoin dominance going up, a lot of altcoins are just making like new year to date lows. You have Avalanche, Solana, Cardano. Um, all making new year to date lows. So, you know, I'd rather I'm I'm the kind of person that I would rather go into a party late or I know like what kind of music is playing, right? Kind of like late to the party, but at least I can hear like the beat of the drum and all that than, you know, show up to a party and like get my ass blown out, you know. Um <laughs> yeah. kind of like um, catching a falling knife. I think, yeah, I think Apple, um, to me, it's like everything below, I started buying already a little bit. Um, and then I just scale in as, as much as I need to and just go completely berserk. It, a sub 100 Apple would be absolutely like, um, just go nuts at that level. Uh, they, Cause they still, 
um, on the whole, execute really, really well. Um, and uh, there, there's just not that many companies that compare even even now. But it may not be the highest growth story, though. That's the thing. It's more of like a blue chip type of purchase, not not uh, like a growth stock purchase. But anyway. Yeah, but uh, outside of that, man, I don't want to take up your space uh, talking about macroeconomics and all that stuff. I do that enough already. Um, we're just but, BSing randomly here, by the way. Uh, so, okay. Okay. Whatever okay. you want to talk about. Hey, Jim, yeah. I, I was just noticing, we were just talking about you before you came in. Like, uh, an interesting thing is to watch um, the coins that start to flatten out their 200 day moving average um, around now. So that would be kind of Adam, Dogecoin. There's a few others that, like, they're actually performing better than Bitcoin in some ways because at least their averages are flat. I, 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 I think Dogecoin is about a shit the bed, to be honest, man. You think? Yeah. Um, like, who is, who is left to sell it, though, you think it's just retail? Um, it's, it's, more, it's more like, um, like leverage. There's still leverage in the system, dude. Um, like, how, how is it that, you know, you can have value, um, you know, things that comprise of the Dow? rally pretty much up only in q4 and like the excuse is oh because of ftx right and you're there right on kucoin or binance uh trying to extract value from a two to three percent range because you feel the need you feel the need to trade against uh the ghost of alameda's past right and um you know with that with that being said if you remember so uh, you're thinking you're thinking without alameda and some of the all the different shenanigans in the background there's just no buyer for this kind of like ultra pumps that we saw yeah you you would need you would need to hit like those deep pockets of value like 11k 12k to be hit and for those people that think oh you're too bearish this that and the other well you know there's a thing that goes around all markets that that's uh, the trend is your friend and uh, if you take a look at the third quarter of 2018, you know, when volatility died off and Bitcoin was in a two to three percent range, you know, what followed after there was a 50 percent dump across um, across BTC yeah. evaluation. So that, that's where I think we're at. I, I, I honestly thought that we were going to have that move after FTX, but it was a nothing burger and it was kind of sad because uh, it turned out that like, hey, you know. FTX didn't even carry Bitcoin. They had literally one full Bitcoin, right? All the funds were in were in uh, Solana, right? And that's what you saw in the price action of Solana. Solana went from thirty eight bucks uh, down to eight dollars, nine dollars, wherever it's trading right now. So that, that's what I want to see personally in the altcoin space. I want them to experience uh, something like that. And um, this time is not different. Kind of like the bull market. This time is not different. Same thing with the bear market. So. You know, when we do have that capitulation. Um, yeah, the other thing too is another interesting piece of the puzzle now is that crypto is not the only thing that's down. So with the whole stock market generally down, it's like anyone trading in crypto should simultaneously really have a, a like brokerage account with stocks and things because there's discounts all over the place for all sorts of shit. So it's not like... It's not like there's not like a lot of different things people can make money on or invest in. It's it's there's a lot of opportunity out there when the markets are super super low. So, like yeah. anyone that has the residual cash available, um, there's yeah just, for, the, for the average person, yeah. dude. Like for the average person, you're not going to look stupid buying Bitcoin at 16k. That's for sure. 
I don't think you'll look stupid. I, and I bought a little bit um, in the 16 to 17 range uh, and just like a little with the intention that any lower, I think when Bruce asked last time, how low do you think the Bitcoin marketplace will go? And I said something probably high 9K because like 10K tends to be a, a place where like uh, people tend to place leverage positions and get squeezed. So like uh, BTC almost always go dumps below large, even numbers like 10 K. Um, so if it goes to 10 K, like, you can 4K, almost, like well, 4K, go, we bought, we went, yeah. like, like when, when, when we went to 3K, you know, let's not bottom at an even number. Let's go to an odd number, right? Let's <laughs> yeah. bottom at 3K. That's another interesting thing too. Um, yeah. There are certain numbers uh, for big BTC that are more common to hit. It's weird. Like there's been some like, uh, statistics done like uh, numbers that have like three in them and stuff and seven and stuff tend to hit fairly often. So like if you drop below 10,000, for example, hitting 9,700 would not be unremarkable at all because of that. Yeah. And uh, like, there's this weird cycle. There's also just percentages. Like if you look at, so if you think about where stop losses would be placed for leverage positions, right? You're, you're going to probably have, you know, a lot of stop losses at about 10% below or above a certain position. Yeah. So 10% below 10,000 is 9,000. You know, obviously that's kind of where liquidations tend to occur. So. Sophia, I, I just think that there's just not going to be enough buyers, kind of like Tesla, right? Tesla goes to $200. $200. Well, golly, it's 50% off. Might as well, you know, dip my toe in, right? Tesla goes to 180. Man, they're just giving this stock away. Tesla goes to 150. Jeez, practically a fire sale. Anyone buying here is surely an idiot. Tesla goes to 130. Dude, I'm going to get so rich off of these buys in a year. Tesla goes to 110. Jeez, I don't know how much lower it can go, but I just have to go all in here. And it's just like a consistent, a consistent knife catch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and with Tesla in particular, it's not just a knife catch. It's the, the everything for electric cars is down right now and demand is down. And like people are bitching about Elon and Tesla and or Twitter and whatever it is. And uh, so, yeah, the, the entire, there's no bullish like catalyst of any kind, unless they literally were to tell, tell the world that we, we invented self-driving cars and they work perfectly tomorrow. Or something, <laughs> right. Like it has to work, like it has to work perfectly. Otherwise the growth numbers of a high P to E ratio don't make sense. So even now my wife's like, Oh, maybe you should have gotten Tesla at 110. I'm like, well, uh, I'll be interested at like 60 or 50 because then the price to earnings ratio is like 15 with the rest of tech. And everyone that has been speculating on the thing is essentially roasted. And then I'll be willing to buy. Why would I not buy Tesla now? It's because there's other shit that's already bottomed out. Like there's already things below a PDE of 10. Why in the world would I want to speculate on Tesla when I can, you can almost like take to the bank to 2X any tech stock that's below a PDE of 10, especially if it's closer to like five or six shit. Like it's like, I mean, it's just free money, right? Like why would you want to buy Tesla in that situation? I, I mean, for, for, for meme, for meme number purposes, um and for perhaps a slight nasty mean reversion tesla going to 69 dollars uh playing that for a rally you know to the high 90s sometime probably like in q2 of next year um that would be that, that would be something to look forward to that sounds uh, reasonable it actually yeah. sounds fair enough yeah, it's below an even number of 70 which then <laughs> you know it tends to drop below anyway right so i, I, I think it's pretty as I think as crypto market participants, we should be paying attention to the equity markets. Um, 
really that's that's one thing that uh the last few years have taught us and um you know i remember i remember telling um some 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 of my friends in the crypto community you know to you know start paying more attention to the equity markets you know nasdaq was kind of kind of toppy here at uh, at 13k s&p looks kind of toppy here at 4600 back in march and april and um part of that yeah, too uh, what is like if you think about uh, tech right uh, who who is buying crypto at least in america or in europe a, a lot of people who are probably um, I mean, you should did look at well. Tesla. You know, who, these are probably people selling, that did well you know? in the tech people. equity markets. Yeah, yeah. So if the tech equity markets are doing poorly, then these are all people that on paper are poor, essentially, or are not as wealthy as they were, right? So that means that you're likely to see that less investment come from those people because they don't feel as wealthy, or and they don't. And so, for example, if I have a fifty percent haircut on my portfolio in tech, am I likely to have um, like the ability to sort of like maybe gamble my incoming cash flow for different things. I'm not going to be as easy, easily uh, able to use that money for random things, right? So when you're sort of like equity rich in your stocks, it's easier to play games with your crypto and buy other things. And I think a lot of the tech people are the same people. People that understand crypto and those that understand NASDAQ are probably similar people. So you got into the equity markets way, way before crypto, it seems. Then. If you're yeah, that was, about, no, that was yeah. like late 90s. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Way before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how, how, how did you come across uh, crypto? Mm, originally uh, from just selling video game gold. So I had a, mm, so I had a record sale of EverQuest gold uh, characters and stuff in gold and shit back in like 19, no 2000, right before eBay shut down trading of uh digital assets on from video games i don't know if you remember that but like at the time virant entertainment who owned everquest um and some of the other game companies like uh ultima online and different people like they they rallied uh or they they asked ebay because of scams and ruining the game and stuff to get rid of um sale of video game uh, assets in on ebay and that's where i originally got involved with what today would be considered crypto, I think. And so I made actually some pretty good money. Uh, I had a world record sale of my video game character in like net 2000, I believe. I was rage quitting because I was in the middle of my medical residency. I didn't have time to play like fucking EverQuest all day and night. So I was like, all right, I've got to do something. I've got to make sure my career is intact and not like, you know, like, <laughs> I, I, so I decided like uh, to sell my characters so that I would like, you know, not be able to play anymore. It was like my, you know, cut off the the alcoholic at the, t you know, you know, whatever from his, his booze or whatever. <laughs> and uh, that was like my, so back then we were, we were selling things online. Um, and I think that was sort of my first sort of foray or understanding of like um, digital assets, essentially the, well, what today are called digital yeah. assets and um, trading them for actual fiat and um, the importance of like having an open market to do that. And eBay at the time was it. And, um, yeah, it's it just interesting. And then over time it was like, um, there was of course Bitcoin. And then, you know, I didn't really get too involved at all during the Ethereum time period with smart contracts or anything else. Um, so I, I started getting more involved with any kind of smart contract platforms, really more like, uh, I think like 99, uh, no, I'm sorry, not uh, 2019, 
um, 2020, right around there. I don't remember when I bought my first Ethereum, but it was pretty low. It was like at 50 bucks or something. Um, it was the first time I bought Ethereum. I didn't hold it through the entire market. You, though. I think I sold it at like, I don't know, 400 did bucks you ever or something. Get into, uh, did you ever get into uh, that hash cash stuff? Um, no, it, not at it, all. It, <laughs> no. It's kind, of, it's kind of crazy, dude. Like that came out. Uh, rather, at least like the idea um, was put out there uh, shortly after the dot-com bust. And uh, that same individual, Adam Back, is now the co-founder of uh, oh yeah yeah of blockchain yeah, I, know, I find that so odd dude yeah you know, like like many people that that got into like you know the bitcoin space early early like early on um remember adam is the one were, that when i tried remember when i tried to get do kwan and adam back into a space do kwan do said um what are you my secretary now remember that there was that joke and everyone laughed at me uh remember that? Yeah. <laughs> i was like yeah. adam asked some question about how luna ust worked and I was like, hey, maybe we should get, um, he had some, he was suspicious about it. He was skeptical and uh, he was getting a lot of stupid answers. So I was like, maybe you can get Doe on and we could do a Twitter space together. I'd, I'd love to kind of moderate it or we can chat or something. And uh, then Doe made fun of me and called me his assistant or something like that or something along those lines. And uh, it was just funny. Uh, it's just oh, Doe's usual way of like sarcasm and joking. But yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a funny thing. But, uh, well, anyways, man, uh, I want to thank you. And uh, and the coach, coach. Bruce, Bruce. Why do you have your thumbs down? Did I say something negative about Lord Doquan? No, you said something positive, and it wasn't justified. It wasn't justified, Sefi. He was uh, at that time. He was just stressed, and also he was sick of people uh, using his time, which was really very busy. So it was. It, yeah, that is. It true. was a lash out. <laughs> that is. It true. was essentially a, a stress lash out. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't just sarcasm, or something. <laughs> but this was actually this was also in the background the time where um, SJ was talking to me the prior week about being some sort of like Terra spokesman or some shit, and I was like, uh, like I'm a doctor for a living. I, I'm not moving out of America to South Korea or whatever the fuck you guys are to do this job for you, <laughs> like like uh, or Malaysia or something or uh, what's it called Singapore. And so that was a uh, that was when I was in that talk in the background about doing some work. And I think that was sort of like a dig on that. I was sort of said, no, I can't do it. And so you know, like, so the joke was, well, you're not my assistant or whatever it was, <laughs> so, which was true. I told him, no, I'm not going to be your assistant before that, that tweet. So that's the background there. Anyway. No, you're being generous, Sefi, and it's not good. <laughs> okay. Well, he, was being a, he was just being a dick for no reason. Yeah. But, um, I can tell you the full story about that one in private sometime, but I, I got him disciplined for that by several people. Yeah, I think I heard that story. It's kind of funny. But that, the, the disciplining of Doquan was quite funny for several reasons. One of them... Was, 10 sets of 10 on bench, brother? Well, I'm, I'm being serious. One of them that was funny was that when he was uh, criticized, he was really taken aback by it. Like, like he didn't expect it because the thing about Do Kwon, like the thing I noticed quite early is like, he doesn't really have anyone around him who criticizes him. So like when that thing happened with Yusefi, I, I passed on the message to two high up people to be like this. He shouldn't be doing that to people. You need to stop. Yeah. And they, they the, told him the, that and he was really taken aback by it and kind of reflected. The, the amount of engagement on that tweet where people were like, Hey, why is Doe being a dick to you now? That kind of thing. 
was very funny. Um, I thought it was uh, kind of funny and kind of heartwarming or whatever at the same time, but I got a lot of support when, when, uh, and people are like, Hey, what the fuck? Like he'd make a perfect secretary. What are you talking about? Or something like that. Oh it, yeah. It was just like the, a, a guy like Do Kwan realizes a lot of things, right? He's a very smart guy. He has like a deep intelligence for DeFi and business development and many things. Um, <clears throat> But there are certain things where he's he has like big blind spots, and I think that was one of them, right? Like just kind of an sometimes in some ways like an appreciation for other people's intentions and also their value in in a way that he might not necessarily uh, be or understand himself. So like that's why I had a word in that case because I thought it was like mm, that's that's like one of those um, situations where somebody is in the high tower. And they're rarely criticized and they kind of need it. Yeah, but to be fair, the, that was the time when there was this like a Twitter space every five minutes or something uh, where he was being asked to talk about this and that and show up on YouTube. So it probably did get quite irritating. I could imagine myself being irritated in that position too. It, it's just too much at some point. It's just it, people start getting on your nerves or whatever. Yeah. But, it's, but it was the wrong thing to do with Adam back. Like it was the wrong place to say it for sure. I was like, wait, what the, f like, why would you say that when, when you have one of the leading, um, you know, people in the history of crypto and you're, he's chatting and asking about something like that's not the moment to sort of unleash your silliness basically. Yeah. I, th I think I, I was annoyed because it's like, there are many people in the community who put in an enormous amount of time to help in various ways, even if it was like voluntary and fun. Um, like you, Sefi. And I don't know, it's like those people need some appreciation and they need a bit of love. <laughs> like, and like, okay, it's like, uh, you know, maybe humorous and abrasive and you can interpret it that way. But there are many people who will be like utterly devastated and heartbroken to be treated that way. Um, so like, I didn't want him to make the same. Thing yeah, I, I could, I could see how a lot of other people would yeah, for sure. Like you're, to heart, you're, but, but. you're more resilient than most people and you'll probably play it off as a, a laugh or something, but many people would feel like the ultimate stab in their heart, you know, after two years of evangelism or whatever. Coach, <laughs> yeah. Safi, I want to take this time to thank you guys for the fun times that we've had this year. I know tomorrow is the last day of the year, so I just wanted to say it's been an honor. Uh, you guys have killed it in spaces, you know, some fun times and um, can't wait for what the new year brings. And uh, I look forward uh, to jumping into your spaces to have even more fun over the over the course of the year. And uh, <laughs> I know the coach is there giving us thumbs down. Uh, <laughs> you got to do the sad face too, coach. You, you always <laughs> do these like weird, like suicide speeches. No, I'm saying thank you, dude. I'm saying thanks, man, uh, for the fun yeah, times and the laughs. Listen, Webby, thanks for all the fun times, man. Like I really, thank you. I really enjoyed it, man. Like it was, it was great while it lasted, and like very has to happen this way. And you know, like like the, I haven't told you everything, but this is the end. Cool. The rest will be in like the rest will be in like a tweet thread or some DM or something. <laughs> And then, then we all jump off a building or whatever together. Yeah. No, I mean, no, like, you've, no, you've no. kept me going this long. It's just, it wasn't enough. <laughs>
coach, I, I, I told you through DMs that I'm that I'm offering uh to be a friend. And then so weird. Um, Wabby messaged me the other day. It was like a thousand dollars and I'm attend your spaces. I was like, what the f go away. Wait, what? <laughs> I was like, no, no, Wabby. Friendship is free. And like if I want to spend time with someone, I will. I'm not gonna fucking accept money. Like I've got like how many people in this space now? Like forty or something at least. Why would I need why would I need your fucking money for attendees? It makes no sense. What's a ten like chicken tenders? Like tendies, but yeah, Wabby, it was nice, nice knowing you, man. Like I, I did. There was some laughs. There was some information Thank shared. You. you know. Thank you. You know, life is short, and you're going to realize that quickly. Thank you, Coach. Thank you for the kind words. Thank you, Safi Bro. Um, happy New Year. Have happy, fun, man. Happy New Year, guys. Ah, <laughs> uh, so, uh, Coach. PSX, what's going on with you, man? You say no. <clears throat> hey, can you guys hear me? No. Yeah, yeah, you're okay. good. You say, <laughs> All right, yeah, cool. you say happy new year, Wabby, but there's no guarantee I'm gonna make it that far. <laughs> Coach, dude, <laughs> just remember your idol Big Tell. Alright? You're a big man, Coach. Big Tell's turn his back on me. What? Are you serious, Coach? Turn his back on me. And I couldn't see anything. I couldn't see the sun. <laughs> just keep focusing and you'll close the number three on the captain's crush man alright alright you know the motto coach wake up eat good food train hard you know the rest <laughs> were you about to say something PSX what's up <laughs> no not, not a whole lot just uh, getting some more work done as much as I can especially before the new year's eve I know uh, I mean, normally I just try to stick my head in and, and just really just try to get some perspective from everybody and learn something new uh, without, uh, without the hopes of somebody asking me what my next move is and what's been going on with Terra Rebels. Um, I know like what I've done is kind of uh, caused a bit of a shit storm. I mean, I'm sorry, but not sorry at the same time. The same. Yes, what, 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 what did you do exactly? What kind of, uh, like what kind of shenanigans uh, did you pull exactly? Oh, well, you know, it's just yeah, <laughs> that shenanigans. Uh, you know, just uh, had, a, had a little bit of fun with their uh, Twitter handle. There. Hmm. <laughs> oh, but, anyway, uh, I'm I'm not sure exactly what you're referencing. So, oh, you you, you might, don't need to seek any forgiveness for me. I, I'm not really sure what you're talking about. Yeah, it's just um, well. Who who he who who pulled shenanigans? I missed all that. I took over the terror terror rebels. Um, I locked out the uh, members out of the um, terror rebels uh, Twitter handle. I haven't been coached this week. I haven't seen them all week. No spaces. Um, yeah, that's it. That is quiet. Oh, quiet. He's been quiet. I and he's been tweeting out been the storm. Really? Oh. I missed uh, the uh, the Zen version of Coach Bruce, but. We had like our families to tend to and this, that, and the other thing. I had like myself, I had partners that were out and then like sick folks the last few days. So I had to take care of a lot more work than usual. So not doing no, Coach, you there? We're all worried about you. Yeah, I'm here. I'm just, uh, I'm just upset. Do you know about do, what? Do you, 
you need a hug? I'm upset because PSX said he only likes the Zen version of me, but that's one percent of me. I'm I can be I can be everything. <laughs> Don't just want to be the Zen. That's true. That's true. Well, well, we accept all parts of you, Coach. Yeah. Well, you, well, we're not allowed to have a preference version of you. Like, I mean, maybe have like that? a. Uh, you kind of cut out there for a second. Oh, can you can you hear me now? Uh, no, yeah, yeah. You have to have like at least four or five versions that you uh, that will get you above the fifty percent mark. Mm. That would be considered holistic, I think. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Bruce, can you uh, remake this space on your phone or whatever? Um, do I have to? Yeah, I think so. I've I've got to drop off and come back. So there's no way to do it without like wrecking this thing. <laughs> How long have you got to go? You got five minutes. Oh, uh, let me go find out and see. I'm not 100 percent sure yet, but I'm uh, I'm going in like half an hour anyway. Okay. Well, we've been hanging out a bit. We could catch up later. Uh, don't, just, don't, uh, don't make me feel guilty. I don't know why you do this. No, you're right. <laughs> it's it's my fault. <laughs> I, uh, I've, I've got some relatives that showed up at the door, so it's like, it doesn't look good if I'm kind of hanging out over here playing on my phone and like, they're sitting over there doing nothing. It's, it's a bit weird. Wow. <laughs> and I'm, you've got you to fix something or whatever. That's how I got uh, this conversation to last this long. Um, <laughs> was more or less that making excuses. So anyway, yeah, we'll catch up later. Let, let me attend to folks and we'll do stuff another time. Okay. See you later guys. Thanks for checking out another episode of the ether. That was Chepe space crypto technicals recorded on Friday, December 30th, 2022. Terraspaces.org. I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep your hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third, I open wide, checking out the scene. Laser beam focused, Starscream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make the last stand matter. No one ever planned for the famine on deck. We was walking all erect with a dead man swagger. Sitting in a little den, envision in the middle men. Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble billion. Little den envision in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next No one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter we was all hyped up When the pedal lit the metal he just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime till the night curfew Rats in a cage till they make time to murk you Got a little job that falls under my purview We gotta get this mob away from the birds view. Gotta find cover. Wipe off the bird poop. Ride off the work while you try on the worst juice. Blinded by perps who try
try to reverse truth slide like Fox News just trying to lie to you eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants I can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis mock up a basement could call me resilient waiting for the internet to make me a billion In the middle men Listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze Trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Talk about how All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze Trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Channel Spaces